it's senior day. Last home game of the season, we do not get to watch football of any shape, form, or fashion at Sanford Stadium again until middle of April. This is going to be fun. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 116 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me today for the Georgia-Kentucky preview. Saturday will be senior day at Sanford Stadium, and there are six, sometimes seven Saturdays out of the year where it just seems a little bit more special than all of the others. And those days are when a Georgia home game takes place in the town of Athens, Georgia. This coming Saturday is the last of those days for the calendar year and also the final appearance as players at Sanford Stadium for Damn Good Dogs Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, Davin Bellamy, Lorenzo Carter, Javon Wims, Malcolm Parrish, Dominic Sanders, Aaron Davis, Reggie Carter, Christian Payne, John Atkins, Isaiah Wynn, and Jeb Blazevich, among others. Hats off to all of those guys for their great careers at the University of Georgia. We've enjoyed watching all of y'all's careers as you have represented that G on your helmet oh so well. And on that note, let's get started on episode 116. Here's Will. I mean, isn't the nightmare scenario Alabama barely loses to Auburn? Auburn goes to the SEC championship game. Uh, Georgia Georgia barely beats Auburn. Alabama goes above Georgia. Because the precedent was set last year with the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be very surprised at that. I just would be. I very, would be surprised. I'm too. very surprised at that. But I mean, that's the nightmare scenario. Yeah, that would. That would. Yeah, that I mean, would be surprising true. to me. Are, are we taping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a podcasting after dark. I already yeah. put that hashtag up when Tony arrived at the door. I didn't show you that picture. It was awesome. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. Okay. Yeah, that's my fault that we were going late today because. Uh, how you? You had to go watch Georgia play basketball. Come on. Yeah, I was at. I was at with my sons. Uh, I thought USC Upstate would be a safe game to take both boys to at night because we'd be able to leave at halftime because yeah. we'd be up by 20. And Georgia was down by five with about six minutes left in this game. Um, <laughs> it's a little worrisome. I, uh, on one hand, USC Upstate's a little bit better than I thought. On the other hand, you... USC um, Upstate is not in Eureka, California. So yeah, that's only no. Cal and Eureka. Yes, okay. exactly. Exactly. Um, it was not the most impressive game. Uh, I thought they looked pretty good uh, in the first game, but they did not look as well. That's good. This game, they, it was a good reminder. They have a lot of freshmen. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of freshmen, and they're playing a lot of freshmen. Especially which is, Raymond, Raymond scored twenty points, right? Yeah, Hammond's been nice. Hammond, uh, uh, and um, what's what? Uh, what's the other guy's name? Hightower. Yeah, Hightower is getting maybe a, a few more minutes late than I would have thought. Uh, my uh, Edwards still has hands of stone. He had like four turnovers today. Uh, Turtle is coming around. I will be very brief. I know this will be the end of our basketball thing. But I literally just came back from the game. Uh, Turtle is coming around. Turtle is exciting. I think he's going to be the second scorer. Uh, but obviously, uh, Yante did not have a great game tonight. I think that was actually the main problem. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the main problem throughout the year is if Yante mm-hmm. doesn't have an awesome, awesome game, they're uh, particularly offensively, they're going to have trouble. So uh, there's a lot of young players. Hammonds is exciting. Hammonds is exciting. <laughs> I am down with Hammonds. Claxton's kind of nice. I wasn't expecting Claxton to get as many minutes as he is. But a lot of freshmen. But. Um, the, the idea is all those freshmen will mature into something really good at the end of the year. You just have to avoid really bad losses early. They were close to one tonight, but they did win. So that is your that is your Georgia basketball report. I, the reason I'm laughing is that we joking we started on basketball on Sunday, and then yeah. lo and behold, we just actually, we actually went did. into it. I literally today. just got so, back, but that's why yeah, we're late. That's, that's why, why we're late. late. That's why we're late. And, and people with on-demand radio have no idea what late is. Yes. 
<laughs> I mean, it's Monday, so I don't know why Scott had, didn't have this thing out already Tuesday afternoon. Yes, yeah, it's amazing that you knew what happened with the basketball game on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I think that's Speak. what's going to happen in the USC. Say, I hope that Georgia doesn't fall all the way out of the top ten in the rankings tomorrow night. Well, I'm like, going to I'm going to predict seventh. You're like Biff Tannen from the from Back, Back to the Future, Future Part Two with the yeah. Sports Almanac. Yeah, exactly. How much yeah. money did you make tonight? Speak apparition. Um, but yeah, so number seven, number seven, which I think is about what everybody thought. Totally, I was right. Totally predictable. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that, that I think that was reasonable. We were just discussing. I don't know if you were you were, ta- were you taping it. I don't even remember. Okay, well we're, we're going to discuss it. Did now. you hit save? Yeah. 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 Uh, probably not. Not, not yet. <laughs> no, nothing is saved as of yet. Yes. We'll discuss now. Uh, I still I floated out the potential nightmare scenario for Georgia because the general presumption I think fairly is if they go three and zero in these last three games they will go to the playoff. The nightmare mm-hmm. scenario, however, is that they don't look maybe that impressive against Georgia Tech or impressive against Kentucky, and then Auburn beats Alabama. And barely, in like a close game. And then Georgia barely beats Auburn. And we had the repeat of the Big Ten scenario last year, which is the team that doesn't make it to the Big Ten Conference Championship game, which last year was Ohio State. They get to go to the playoff rather than Penn State, the team that actually won it. So the idea is, theoretically, I don't think this would happen, but it could. Alabama could, and one-loss Alabama maybe goes over a one-loss Georgia. Right, you're saying like, say Alabama loses on some freak thing, kind of like the kick six. Or um, just closer than 40 to 17. Right, because <laughs> then they're going to say that, hey, right. you lost by 23 points, exactly. you don't deserve to go. And and then you, and the, on the one time that you beat Auburn was 60 miles from campus on a, neutral, on a quote-unquote neutral field. And of course, this also requires Wisconsin going undefeated, this also requires Oklahoma, uh, this all, but, you know, maybe, that that's the nightmare scenario. I can't imagine that happening, but it could happen. So that would be very frustrating <laughs> if that would happen. But we'll cross that bridge when we come with. Uh, there's three games to win before that. Yeah, we still have, at the minimum, um, two Power 5 conference teams in Georgia Tech to play. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about Kentucky. Yes. Yes. First off, do we, do we, how, are we, how are we feeling three days out from Saturday? I, I feel as good about the seasons I have. And and sometime actually because it's, it's kind of like you know it's like when you buy a new car and you you drive it off the lot and you're like ooh I don't want to scratch it up and say you drive it around for nine weeks and then suddenly you get a little dent in it and it's like you know what this is kind of cool I can't sound for a ride now yeah. um, it's like someone we we took the couch the, the cover off the grandma's couch yeah we took the cover and off now grandma's we can jump couch around on it yeah we could play on the couch or you know it, it, I guess the reason is is that it, I don't feel strangely enough I don't feel the stress the, the I guess the burden of worrying about an undefeated season now. Um, I, it's not that I didn't enjoy this. It was fun. I mean, being undefeated was awesome. And I hope we continue to go 9-0 and, and, and beyond. But the thing about it to me that is that I guess I arrived at yesterday is that we, we still have at least three football games that will be played in the state of Georgia that we can all go to. Yeah. Right, um, and I'll be at all three. That's exciting. I'll be at all three, and there is potential um, if we don't make the playoffs that we'll be playing the Chick Fil A Bowl. Um, you know, so we we still have a lot of fo- we still have a lot of football left to go and enjoy. And I, I it starts with Senior Day in Athens. It's our last chance to tailgate on campus until G Day, and I'm really psyched about this. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and I don't. I guess. I guess part of the reason I'm psyched about it is because we get to honor the seniors that came back, and I think that's been a large part of what we have seen with the successes up to this point of the season. Um, 
I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that having um, having Sony and and Nick Chubb come back changed a little bit of the course of what happened recruiting because we the guy from Houston didn't come, then we we're able to get Swift, and um, you know I, I don't think we win. Well, I don't know. We we just might still win Notre Dame, but Notre Dame game might be different if we don't have Carter and, and Bellamy. So, and then you throw in some of the other scenes. Well, they out won there. the game, so obviously. well, no, I think I think maybe, they, maybe, just, maybe yeah, maybe replace the person, right? But what I'm, what I'm saying is, it's like it's senior day, last home game of the season. We do not get to watch football of any shape, form, or fashion at Sanford Stadium again until middle of April. This is going to be fun. So I, I, and I totally agree with everything you're saying. I still, and I maybe this is just from talking to people this week. I get a hint. Of not defensiveness, but a hey everybody, this is still really fun, which is, which sounds like a little bit of response to what I've seen a little bit of, which is what we kind of warned about was when Georgia lost a game, there would be the here they go crowd, or and I think part of it, most of it's stupid. Part of it I understand in that like this felt like the dream season, and it still very well could be, but it just felt like this is the year. Like everyone's had, this is the year everyone we're all waiting for, right? Like that's the whole point of making the move and and everything that they they built, trying to be like Alabama. Everybody wants the year, and for it was mid November, and this team was number one and undefeated, and had won on the road against the number three team, and had wiped out every other challenger, and had stomped their booth into Florida, and stomped their booth into Tennessee. And it felt there was a there was a sense or a hope that this was the year, and it's still a great year, and they can still make the playoffs. But I do sense that's the that's the one part of the fatalism, and here we go again. That I actually do understand, which was that general thing we all hope that we had, which was, oh wow, maybe this is the year. This could still be the year, but it's not the all encompassing, the dominant year that we were waiting for. You know what I'm excited about? What I'm grateful for is the fact that I think Georgia is one of just a maybe two or three teams that had set itself up with such early success to be able to withstand a loss. Because there's not many teams out there mm-hmm. could, that could even withstand one loss, especially in November. You can, uh, you can withstand them in September and maybe yeah. early October. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm more looking at it from a thankful perspective that we did have that nice run and that we're still talking about what we're talking about yeah. instead of saying like, Hope we get a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, but I understand the disappointment. Sure. For the same reason that they win last week. Oh. I mean, they're in, I mean, barring a disaster, they're in the playoff, and we are. We're this. Forget being upset by a loss. Mm-hmm. We're in. Like we're in, and I and that's a palpable loss. It doesn't mean that this season it can't be a success. It doesn't mean they still can't make the playoffs. But that thing that we were talking about, if they win on Saturday. They're barring a total face plant, they are in the playoff, and that's that's the hard part. Well, I don't want to become Mr. Relativity here, but look, this it's not like the United States losing the Trinidad Tobago and not making the World Cup. Yeah. We lost to a very good a team that is legitimately in the national title of course, of course. picture. There's nothing to be ashamed well. of. I'm just explaining why we might be sad. Right. And it's okay to be sad about losing to Auburn. I'm fine with that. But you know, Last year's national champion lost to Pittsburgh at home yeah. the same weekend, yeah. right? It was a one-point loss, but it would, they were, that game was in Death Valley. 
That game's in Athens. I don't think we might still lose. I don't think we lose by that twenty-three. We don't lose by twenty-three. We don't get ratted. We don't get we don't get punched in the face and folded like a cheap tent, or to mix the metaphors or whatever. I mean, we, we, we <laughs> I, hate, don't. I hate it when my tent gets punched. Right? No. I, 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 I'm, well, I was going to say is we got like a fat guy punched in the gut, but um, the the you know the the concerning thing is, and I think I mean we said this we said this Sunday. Realistically, what happened on the field Saturday is going to be informed by what happens the rest of the season, right? Starting Saturday. And Kirby made that comment Monday in his media availability. He's like, you know, the story about what happened Saturday will be written next week and the week after. And he's right. He's right. Because one of the things we we talked about this a little bit is that one of the things is is how the coaching staff and the team rebounds from this. Because one of the things I think you some emerging narratives, I guess you want to look at this way to the to the loss are one. Offensively, we got very vanilla after after the sack on Fromm early. I think I, I don't know why. I don't know why, but somebody Cheney or, or Kirby decided. Well, if we can't have Fromm getting hit like that, and we're going to keep it extremely vanilla, which led to a lot of um, a lot of difficult situations when we did pass because you're, you're throwing at third and seven, which means you can you can bring the house, you can play. You can play tough on the line, slow down the routes, and really disrupt the timing routes, which Jake Fromm, as a freshman, that, that's, his, that's his bread and butter. The second thing is is that I went back and looked. Um, Auburn rushed for – Johnson rushed for 64 yards on 14 carries in the first half, which means in the second half he ran wild, which makes a lot of sense. when you say, and, one of those, and one of those runs, his very first run was 19 yards. So essentially he went – after his first run – he went, you know, forty-five yards on thirteen carries, which is, which is fine. If we hold him to that the rest of the game. It's different, but at some point we became undisciplined defensively, uh, which which meant we stopped setting the line. We stopped with run gap protection in the middle, and frankly, we we early in the game stopped looking like the Georgia team that we'd seen the first nine weeks. Um, so, you know, one of the one of the things about that I'm going to want to look for this week is the the ability of Georgia to with to to with hand, hand to handle whatever adversity comes our way, whether it be a bad call, whether it be a, a turnover, whether it be how we handle I don't know how we handle ourselves and take care of business against a Kentucky team, which is good mm-hmm. but not great. That you know what three or four weeks ago they were looking like the clear number two team in the East, now not so much, but they still are. They still have some weapons and still could come up and, and cause us problems. I mean, they're still going to a bowl game, which yeah. is more than Tennessee can say. Right. And uh, I like I like so. the Tennessee shade. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Can, can you throw some Florida shade too? Uh, you mean from the Georgia Florida game that happened earlier this year? The no, the fact that they're they're both looking for uh, coaches, and I, I just think it's funny to read all these uh, Twitter suggestions of Gruden and Chip Ke- Chip Kelly might be a legitimate uh, possibility for Florida, but. You know they're just running those circles, and it's so it's so nice to feel so comfortable with our own coach. And because I, it wasn't too long ago that we were definitely going through that. But of course, that also speaks to the idea. For the record, even when Rick was frustrated with her, we he him we never went through this. No, like to see yeah. what yeah. Florida and Tennessee are going through. And to me, this is again another one of the things you can be a little bummed out about that loss is you only like Florida's going to hire a better coach. Like Florida's going to hire a better coach. Tennessee's going to hire a better coach. There's are no, they? I mean, a better coach than they had. I think Tennessee's <laughs> ship has sailed. On I think so, elite. but like, look at high, look at a higher better coach than they had. They're and like Nebraska. I'm never get Mullen. So, 
Yeah, I mean, that, he's a very good coach. I mean, yeah, uh, Mullen, no, Nebraska ain't getting anybody like Mullen. No, that's for sure. No, they might get Frost. Frost. But, yeah. But, that's, that's only Mama calls. Yeah. So. so I guess that's the point is that eventually the East is going to be more of a challenge than it is right now. Mm-hmm. And this is a year where everything kind of fell right in that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that Kentucky, it's senior day. And you want it to be a celebration. You want it to be that kind of celebration you talked about. I hope that... I think it will be like the idea that anyone should be sad about this team now uh, in, in the general sense. I still see. I mean, like you guys, are you guys seeing it? Like, I feel like I'm seeing uh, some down faces after that game. Not for the players, but from from the fan base. I've I've seen a lot of besides my son crying when, yeah. in the third quarter when he realized what was happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it it wasn't. Here's a question: Which would have been a tougher way to lose that game? The way we lost it, or the way we lost? Three years ago, you mean the the prayer at Drake? Yes. Hair? Yeah, that, that that hurt. That stung. But we weren't that great of a team. That no, year. I'm saying if they would have lost this one, not which loss was worse, which way to I, lose. I would, you know, I've, I've got to make a choice here, and is, I would say how we lost on Saturday because I was able to. You kind think of, it's worse or better? It's better. It's better because I was able to process it through the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Emotionally, it's better. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like specifically this year, this undefeated team. Oh, you going mean like into competing game, all the way to the if, end? If they would have lost that way rather than the way that, that, that they lost, that could have wrecked them for the rest of the year. That that'll. That was, yeah. I mean, Trey Matthews finally got right this year. <laughs> yeah, good for him. Finally getting a win in the series. No, he he, he, got, a win. Only, he got a win his first year. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> only three more chances for him, I presume. Exactly. <laughs> <He's>, yeah. <laughs> he was my favorite. He was my favorite golf recruit. Um, that's a really interesting question. I, I feel like I would have preferred to have lost the way we lost against um, Auburn in 13. And keep in mind, we were down 20 points in the fourth quarter there. Oh, yeah, I know. We came back. But that, that kind of got passed around in the right, third quarter right. when there was now, like a it, now emotionally this this was this was easier because it was very clear certainly clearer after the muff punt that that was not going to happen right there is I mean I was holding on to like you know out against all hope and, and that was a nice stop like you feel like yeah this is right no it was a run. great stop yeah. it was probably their now think about it, it was probably their best stop of the yeah. the game um, but you know that. That squelched whatever momentum you had, and at that point you're just like, well, okay. Yeah, you could you could go back and read your Twitter timeline, yeah. and when you tweeted about the muff punt, that's when you realized what was going to happen. That's when that's when uh, Dark Tony showed back up. Um, <laughs> but you know the the thing the thing about it, I think I think what I have seen, and maybe this is what you're seeing. I, I don't want I don't want to presuppose your what your objective is or what your perspective is. But what I'm seeing is that people are legitimately disappointed about the loss of the undefeated season and the uncertainty of what looked like a really strong possibility of making the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. And now people are disappointed that that is not as, as much in the air. And they also are looking at it and saying, wow, any of these next three games are losable. And certainly the SEC championship game against Auburn or, or Alabama feels like it is not nearly the game we thought it would have been um, so I think I mean, you know, uh, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. I mean, a one-two Alabama, Georgia SEC championship game was what everybody was kind of dreaming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's no question. And that's now. I mean, yeah. look, Alabama looked mortal. I mean, I, Alabama looked worse than Auburn did last week, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the Mississippi State very well could have won that game. Mm-hmm. It was hard, and you know, also Alabama has those injuries. Like they have, they have injury problems that 
that Auburn doesn't. Auburn is peaking right now. We'll talk about that game. We, we can talk more about the Alabama-Auburn game later, but right now, is that game's at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What do you think the line on that game is right now? The, will they have a line issued already? No, but I no, mean, what do you think no, it would he's be? just saying guess to me. Auburn, I would, Auburn and three? Yeah, I was going to say Ooh. three or four. See, I just I don't think it'll be that much. I can I can see Auburn by one, or I can even see Alabama by one. Because that could be the next time that Auburn, that Alabama is not favored. Yeah, I guess, be, I, guess, I guess three feels a lot. Yeah. I guess they both play cupcakes this weekend. Uh, yeah, Mercer and um, Texas a and I don't know. Mercer and somebody. Somebody. I was surprised. I thought we were the only decent game. And if you read just the names, it's a decent game. It's not with the records, but LSU goes to Tennessee. Yeah, there are some. Well. There are a couple more SEC games this week. Um, That's late for a crossover West. It's pretty East much game. so. The looking at the schedule, it's pretty much everybody that played a, a strong out of conference um, game, other than Auburn, who played Clemson early. Mm-hmm. But you know, Tennessee had Tech. That's when they said that one. Not strong, but right, right, right. Um, that was their cupcake. So, um, oh, they lost to Tech. Wow. So the dogs are a 24-point favorite over Kentucky. That seems kind of high. It does feel high. Feels very high. But um, you know, the good news is, historically looking at this series, Georgia is 18-2 and two over the past 20 years. What, 06-12? and 12? No, 09. They lost in 09. Um, I don't know if you remember. It was uh, Aaron Murray. Uh, they were up, and then they gave up two second-half touchdowns off turnovers okay. um, that really flipped the game yeah. pretty quickly. and um, But yet they you know rattled off uh, seven in a row since then. Okay. Or six in a row. Whatever. Yeah. Do the math. I can't. Yeah. 17 it was, it was minus nine, nine yeah. something like yeah. that. And I mean, that, that one last year was... It was, it was touching up. That was pretty scary there, particularly in the first mm-hmm. half because you know, remember how amped up their crowd was for that game. That felt like... I, I was there. It yeah, was very They loud. were fired um, up. They that was a Rod- Rodrigo Blankenship coming out game. That was. That's yeah. exactly the what that was. The interview in his helmet? Yeah. With goggles on? Yeah. Oh, Here are the goggles, y'all. He's the best. He is really the best. But, if, I mean, let's, let's just take a moment. Just have a moment of... Just appreciation of Rodrigo Blankenship. A great character. Because at the time you thought, wow, what a funny character that does his, with, his, with his goggles and his glasses on. When we bring in the great kicker that replaces him next year, we're always going to remember this nice game for him. And now... Well, he did miss a kick versus Auburn. That's true. But that, that felt like a kismet. That felt like, that felt like the punishment for the play call before that. Oh, my God. It, yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah, like, when they just ran yeah. it. Instead yeah. of throwing it that down play the call field. was not saving the podcast of play calls. Yeah. That did not attack the day. <laughs> that is the lack. That of, was not. There the, was not a day. That was, there was not attacking. Yeah, that was definitely not being the hunter. That was <laughs> not being the hunter. That Ooh. was. There was a lot of you know. That was very preyish. That's something to touch on, frankly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is yeah. That, is that idea that like you know the uh, the uh, that was a great quote that Kirby had after the after the onside kick, and that's the thing that we love about this season. Like, no longer are we waiting for the other shoe to drop. We are the hunter. We are the predator. And this was a game where they coached like they were the hunted. Yeah, they they very much. I mean, it, it they especially after that point that they, they played like they were the hyenas and, yeah. and Lion King, just like laying in wait, hoping yeah. something good would happen and pouncing on carry on. And that's, and that's as much as I'd kind of carry on Johnson. I meant like dead, yeah, right. dead animals. Um, and as much as we want to see the players, uh, bounce back, I think there's a coaching issue bouncing back too. Oh, like, yeah. That's just, it's just like the, obviously the discipline and obviously Auburn was good, but the, you know, we've talked all year again about how passing the test, passing the test, mm-hmm. but this was their fail. This was their, <laughs> yeah. this felt like a 2016 
coached game. Yeah, or 2000. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. Six. Uh, 12, yeah. Just name it. Name uh, not year. 12. Yeah. Name a year. 11, that, 10. But, in an 07 with this coaching staff, it feels like yeah, a it was, it was look, the, the most damning part of it, uh, I think the the play call before the field goal at the end of the first half yeah. was, was... Indicative of the whole problem. Was, was, a, was a symptom, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah. it was like a, a glaring symptom. But there were you know, several other things. It's like... Um, I, because I'm a masochist, went back and looked at some of the plays. Um, the flea flicker play, we I don't think we had the right, I don't think we had the right offensive lineman up to to block. Well, that there were edge. three defenders in the background when Chubb was flipping it back. Yeah, we had. I th- I think uh, I, I my guess is is Chubb just missed uh, an assignment. I think he should have pulled the tight end back over to that side, just put him in motion to that side. Don't don't really know uh, because I'm not an offensive expert but no i know this is surprising to people but um and then there was another play whatever it was um oh defensively when they ran the reverse when they ran the reverse for the first time ever we over pursued and didn't set the edge and wasn't even like we over pursued and didn't set the edge it was like our defensive alignment never even assumed that they would even run the ball to the field side which is crazy um and even that last touchdown yeah, the last touchdown yeah. was a that was a great play call. It was fantastic, but it was indicative of yeah, just everyone was out of sorts. So I, didn't, everybody, yeah. uh, I didn't see the last touchdown. It was an, it was I mean it was an awesome. <laughs> it was play a beautiful call. play. It was an awesome play. Uh, the, call. You know the the most amazing play was the one that um, number eighty one forget his name made. It was the second touchdown of the game where he was he had beat Parrish and just kind of reached out. Oh yeah, right before the that, goal. That was great a real, catch. That's real nice play. And I heard he was a Georgia recruit. Last minute flip to Auburn. Uh, was he a tight end? Slayton, is was it? he a tight end? No, it's wide receiver. Slayton. Slayton. Wide receiver. Oh, he probably wasn't a quarterback probably recruit was. then. You know, one thing that concerned me was um, Carrion Johnson running for 237 yards, mostly out of the Wildcat. Yeah. And with Kentucky coming up, Benny Snell, we had troubles with that last year. Um, he actually hit 1,000-yard rushing for the second year in a row. First Kentucky player. Kentucky's never had a player do that. Ever to do that. <laughs> That's crazy. That so he had 114 yards versus Georgia last year, and a lot of it was out of the Wildcat. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Wildcat because that was something I wanted to talk about. It doesn't us. work for Georgia, except twice, but it works for other teams. Except when it does. Um, it, that's, I'm glad you brought up the Wildcat, but that's one thing I want to talk about with Kentucky. Uh, they will run the Wildcat a fair amount. Um, that was uh, It was troubling how much Carrion uh, uh, Johnson ran the ball out of the Wildcat. And he didn't just run it. He he didn't just dance around the edge until they saw a hole. He boom, right up the middle, around the edge, right up the middle, around the edge, and just um, Kentucky. They don't have the horses on the offensive line that Georgia does. Um, I mean that that Auburn does, but they certainly can hurt you with that package if we don't get much better than we showed against Auburn. The good news is is we show we have uh, nine games before then to show that we we have done better, and that's that's probably one of the reasons why I am. Willing to step back and be pretty chi about what happened to Auburn. Does it suck? Of course it sucks. But this is not a, that game against Auburn isn't a when you look back over the season, you, a culmination of, well, yeah, I can see that. Well, yeah, I can see that. Well, yeah, I can see that. It was utterly surprising to everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean even people, I mean everyone, like college football, uh, um, Illuminati. It was just like, what's going on in the Plains? And that is one of the reasons why I feel good about what's going to happen this weekend because it feels a lot like a get-right game. It feels like it's a game. And I feel bad for Kentucky because, you know, they're at, this is a point where um, 
you know, somebody has to pay for the sins of last week, and it's probably going to be Kentucky. I mean, for what it's worth, some love to Mark Stoops. Like, like look, they were 2-10 in the last year of jo- good old Joker Phillips. I forgot about Joker Phillips. 2-10 in the last year, and 2-10 in the first year of, of uh, Stoops. Then five and seven, five and seven, seven and six. Mm-hmm. They're seven and three right now. Mm-hmm. If they are, win, if they can win two more games, mm-hmm. uh, they, I think they get, they get Louisville, right? They play Louisville. I play Louisville. But, uh, if they win two more games, so the bowl game, or somehow if they win the next two, this would be their first nine win season since 1984, which is really. I Brooks had them at nine or ten wins. One of those. I think years. he had eight. He had eight. I guess in, so. uh, six in 06 and oh seven. Yeah, he had eight both years. Otherwise, that's been it. And before then, 77, they had 10 wins. But, like, this is, you can make an argument in the last 30 years, this is the peak of mm-hmm. Kentucky football. Would you compare, like, um, it almost sounds a legitimate comparison of Georgia football to, or I'm sorry, Georgia basketball to Kentucky football? I think that argument can be made, yeah. I think, uh, I hope that we're not as obnoxious as Kentucky basketball fans. I will give us that. Uh, well, we certainly don't wear as many. Um, um, sweatshirts and smoke yeah. a twelve-year-old. We do but. travel as <laughs> we do tra- we do travel as well. As, yeah. Uh, as, I mean, when I lived in uh, in I, football, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and in basketball, they. I mean, when I lived in Brooklyn, they played at the Barclays Center, uh-huh. and just all. I, mean, I lived a half a mile walk from the Barclays Center, and all of a sudden, I went out my front door, and there were just Kentucky Dude. fans everywhere. Well, I went to the Big East yeah. SEC Challenge, and whatever year it was, we played St. John's, and they played UConn, and it was. It was at Madison Square, and what's that hold for basketball? 2019? 20, 20, 22, 22. 22. Yeah. Easy 17,000. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is in UConn and St. John's. I mean, St. John's is back, backyard, yeah. and literally, almost literally UConn's backyard, yeah. com- comparably speaking. I mean, they, they, wherever Kentucky goes, yeah. it's a home game. Yeah, and it's... Unless they're playing a Duke and they were in North Carolina. I mean, they were all there in their jeans. They were all there in their sweatshirts. They were all smoking cigarettes, even the 12-year-olds. <laughs> and um, it was... It was in, yeah, it was. It was Ashley Judd there. I'm certain. Ashley Judd. Um, I, it was. It was interesting to watch all the Kentucky fans on the street um, <laughs> coming out of Madison Square. And they're Island. always very polite when they come to football. I always find Kentucky fans generally mostly yeah for football. football. When they come I mean, Kentucky football. football fans are are very polite. Yeah, yes. Football fans. It's weird. It's like so, like they just turn into a different human being. They are sense. different human beings. So you know, but you're talking about the Wildcat with Benny Snell. I mean, he has. I mean, he he did a pretty good job last week in 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 making a good an, an okay Vanderbilt defense look bad, um, and of course they they lost that game and explicitly lost that game to Ole Miss. Um, that's hey, and, Ole Miss has got some scalps. This yeah, year. and that but that's one of the things that, that hey, we need to thank Ole Miss because think about the pucker factor if. Kentucky had won that game, <clears throat> and this was riding the East was riding on this game. Just yeah, to add that all, little extra. No question. No I, look, question. I, I think this would be a very interesting talking point for for pundits. I just, I, I look. I think I think Jake Fromm can't pass is going to become less of a thing this week too. Um, that was one of the things that that Kentucky that Ole Miss did. Well, he's they just, proven that all he has to do is get it around Javon Wims, and Wims will grab it. Yeah, Wait, which is actually not the same thing as passing. By the way, that's actually not the same thing as going great as going, going great passes. I, I feel Jay Cutler that. begs to differ. Yes, I, I will. I will note that. And um, and listen, you know, and I guess we. I feel like we should talk about Fromm a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that he. I don't think anyone would have. 
done well in that game through any stretch of the imagination. And as I talked about in the post game show, I was really impressed by how much he bounced back and how much yeah. he was game. I think uh, Spencer Hall talked about this on Twitter about how like say what you want about Fromm, but he is back. Like he is, he's a gamer. Like yes. there's no question for a dude like that to be a true freshman and take hits like that and come back and and you know <clears throat> forget, never mind the touchdown late, just be ready to step up. He never looks scared. Yeah, even and he probably should have been scared. He probably should have been more scared than he was. He never looked scared. That said, there's there were there were a couple passes that you're like, oh, that's a he doesn't have the arm for that pass. Like there's a couple that fell short. That there were there were there were a couple, and I don't think that means he shouldn't be the starting quarterback. But I think it just reminded you that when you put him in a position, at least right now, to. Yeah. Yeah, to, I mean, he to, didn't he didn't have the heart wrenching interception that some he people didn't. predicted. Well, he didn't get the opportunity um, to. <laughs> <laughs> well, he threw the ball twenty nine times. I know, he, um, but the game wasn't close enough to that's, have I guess that's to break your heart. That's right. I mean, but he was on his back more than uh, Ohio State bro on, on chest day. I mean, he just really <laughs> was. I mean, that's good. There's there's a lot more uncouth analogies that you could have done there. So thank, thank you, you for thank you. I appreciate you appreciate you uh, appreciating my mm-hmm. effort there. Mm-hmm. So the but the I mean the, his jersey the back of his jersey was green as an, uh, it was I mean his green as a Notre Dame jersey it was really yeah. was a lot of green on it because he was on his back a bunch. Yeah. I mean he was constantly getting hit. He he just he bounced back up. He was on the sideline even in the fourth quarter of the sideline like. Talking like coaches, oh, yeah. receivers. Up. It was great. It, it was, was great. It, it, he he did everything you would want out of a senior quarterback. He's a freshman yeah. um, in that situation. Now, I don't disagree. I think Ridley should have caught the pass that was thrown to him. It hit him in the hands. Your receiver, you catch the ball, but that ball is thrown a foot higher yeah. and really catches it on his hip and his, his scores. And there was that one rollout third down yeah. that was short. Yeah, he, that was he another, short hopped. He short hopped and, and, and I don't think that was like him. Under th- I think that's just a really, really tough throw. Mm-hmm. That's a super tough throw. And only a few people can make that pass. And I think right now, anyway, I just think Fromm can't make that pass. One thing that frustrated me, though, it felt like we were asking him to throw out of – a traditional five and seven step drop more this week than we were. I have not rewatched the whole game, and I don't. I don't plan on doing that. That was one of the things I was looking at because earlier in the season we were he right. was running the ball. He was running a lot of plays out of shotgun. Um, the other thing I don't think he kept the ball on a run pass option a single time. Um, and frankly, I don't. I don't feel like I saw that many run pass options called. Well, to be fair, there could have been. They're going to be called twenty of them, twenty five of them called, and they were just disrupted. They so. were just yeah, they were just destroyed by the, by the time they even stepped back, yeah. which was another part of the problem. But I just it to me the telling part about this game is like think about what would panic people again, mm-hmm. like what panics you about not this game, but generally about like the whole season. We've been talking about how this year is different, this coaching staff is different, things are different. We've had stomp Florida, stomp Tennessee. That we were worried about that terrible game, and it never happened. What would be the thing that would get every the pucker factor? What would get everybody freaked out again? That's a struggle in this game. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an, or, or being behind the third quarter and the magic that you've kind of felt all year being gone, and that's not off the table because Kentucky's not a bad team. Well, I, I also think you're right. Being behind in the third quarter and then see like a dropped punt or a personal foul, yeah. and you're like, oh my god, here we go! Like, get it together. That's then you exactly get frustrated right. with them right, on the right. field, and yeah. That's exactly right because we saw it. We literally just saw it happen. We just watched. Or a dropped touchdown, like to tie it or get go yeah. ahead, and you know you're just 
Yeah. That's just one thing we have not seen from this team is them break down mentally. And now that we've seen it, it's now in our minds. And if sure. it's in our minds, it's definitely in their minds. Sure. I mean, I mean, one of the things that it would – you have to think Cheney and Smart really want to reestablish a running game. I mean, frankly, our offense ticks on it. Um, even if even if they – we have worked on the assumption, and, and somebody mentioned this on Twitter, that we, we had parts of the offense that we just hadn't unveiled. It was clear that that either – Either Auburn took that away from us very quickly, or that was just blind hope on our part. We're saving it. We're saving it. Yeah, we're done, we're done saving it. Yeah, um, we're we're, sa- we're saving it for uh, yeah we, for the capital one. We're keeping it for tech. Um, but you know, the it will be interesting to me to see how, from a play caller's perspective, if we go back to the really run heavy, or if we get a lead and start throwing the ball. Because one of the things I think that we could have been doing earlier in the season some of these blowout wins is let's work on the passing offense a little bit. And we didn't, which is fine. That's not what you do. The times we did it was almost like let's put an Eason to work on. Right, right. <laughs> which it's, is its own, yeah, right. Right, its own little ball thing. So it would be very surprising to me. Um, it would be telling to me. If we get a lead, a big lead, uh, and get in some garbage time and we don't see some passes, you know, um, and apparently we, that's what you can do if you you have a big lead. Gus Malzahn told us that. Uh, it's true. That's um, true. You can also so, you can call you can call timeouts. You can you call can, timeouts. Uh, or all kinds of things you can do, yeah. and that would probably Listen, will yeah, never come back. You you never, we just don't play them every year. I know so it's weird. They should, they should rubber us. Yeah. Come back They're like a pitcher uh, throwing at a guy, knowing he's never going to get a chance. Yeah, to make never. It yeah, you should definitely show up, to somebody. You'll never have the opportunity. Um, but, well, I mean, to be fair, he did say on that. Very next play, like you could see him oh, yeah, mouthing, "Don't said, pass or yeah, don't yeah. throw it." You know, I mean, I, I, yeah, but yeah, they were nailed. Here's the thing: if 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 that was us, we'd be like, "Yeah, you know, rub their nose." We're like, asserting our authority. Yeah, you know, this is the new Georgia. But, um, so, are we satisfied with our uh, breakdown? Our actually, I should say, you, the listeners, are y'all satisfied with our breakdown? Okay, nobody say anything, so we're good. Yeah. Um, you want to get into the... I'm ignoring that guy. There's a guy in the back. I, Where did he come from? Yeah, seriously. He's like, a, he's like the gimp. He's been in like a suitcase this whole time. <laughs> the gimp. Bring out the gimp. <laughs> I mean, the one, the, the one thing I do want to say, the one other thing I want to say about Kentucky is that um, I don't think this is the game that the team or the coaches are going to take lightly just because it's Kentucky. And, no. you know, if, I mean, if you've listened this far in the podcast, we've spent probably as much time talking about Auburn – <laughs> As we have Kentucky, and, understand. and understandably, understandably, but the keys to this game for Georgia are: um, don't let Snell beat you. No. I mean, it really, is that? Or simple. Johnson? I mean, Johnson's good, but or Denzel Ware on defense. I mean, yeah, but Denzel Ware, he, he can't unless he intercepts the ball three times or picks up a fumble and returns him. That's just he's not Devondre Campbell. He's not Devondre Campbell. So that that's, that's a good. Or no, great, no, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Wait a minute, who Claiborne? Is it Claiborne? Yeah, he was the guy that had six sacks. Oh, yeah, that's right. For the Falcons. Oh, for the Falcons. So, you know, the I think the key to this game for Georgia, is, and, and I honestly do believe it's going to be a get-right game for Georgia. The key to this game for Georgia is to assert your dominance early. Don't fiddle-fart around with Kentucky. Um, do what it takes to win and get a big lead. And then worry about how it looks late in the, later in the game if, if you have an opportunity to work on some stuff that legitimately you probably should have worked on earlier. And again, that might be a, co- a coaching lesson for Kirby. It, we get in a situation down the road where we're blowing out teams 40-something to nothing that maybe we do take a series where we're going to work on some pass plays. 
All right. It's a good uh, way to round it up. Nailed it. So we got we have some picks. We're yeah, just, yeah. I wanted to we're go talk more about basketball. Or nah, we're going to nah. break down the U.S. men's national team juniors. Or no, we're not going to talk one. about we're not going to talk about Italy missing the World Cup. But did you see the which US? is a bigger deal than America not making? <laughs> oh, by like a large faction. Did you see the U.S. is uh, U.S. soccer wants to do like a World Cup in IT? They're trying really? to get Italy to come over. I think it'd be fun. Like it, who cares? Like it'd be fun. But so it'll be us, Italy. Uruguay, yeah, uh, Ukraine, Greece, Canada, Greece. Greece. and it. Damn, Canada's not good enough. Iceland, yeah. Iceland, Iceland, Iceland made it. it. Iceland's oh, really? Iceland's yeah, it. Iceland and Ireland, right? Both eyes. Yeah, not Northern Ireland, unfortunately. All right, so we'll get into the picks. I wanted to update some of the standings because mm-hmm. uh, we haven't done that. In am a while. I still in first place of the three of us? I believe. No. I am. Yeah, yeah, you're at number twenty. I'm oh. like doing really well. You're I'm actually well. only twenty nine points off the overall lead. That's what I'm saying. You need to make a push. You need to really focus this week and not and, and to steal. This Tony's is a crap term, week. Not to try fiddle to do that. fart. Yeah, he's been screwing around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't put up ten games this week. Yeah. because I put none yeah. of the cupcakes. In. Tony, you're only twenty points behind Will. I'm about what mid forties. You're forty four. Okay, is that your actual age? Yes. Those are no follow-up questions. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, I'm I'm at 137. Um, Mid little package. I'm like 210 points off the lead. But here's the thing: I'll defend my picks because I usually pick what y'all do. I just never move it. I yeah, don't see. That's why you're doing terribly. I, I, know, <laughs> I know. I know. I just don't. Once, once I, it's kind of like saving the podcast. Once I'm out of that, I don't re-enter it. Yeah. I don't. But see, that is like not doing it right. I know <laughs> that's missing. This is empirical evidence that Will's correct. <laughs> I, I own it. I own it. So uh, I will confess. I but very quickly. I was running through uh, Universal City in uh, in Cal in Los Angeles during the World Series when I listened to the podcast that I wasn't here for. And you guys were like, how's Will doing? I think he's way behind all of us. And I'm literally screaming <laughs> as I'm running past uh, Jimmy Stewart Boulevard, like you monsters! I'm killing both of you. Well. And, uh, uh, Yes, well, yeah, well I know how it well, was. I asked the question. Well, well, doing better than that. You see, doing better. See, you're saying, well, boys, why not? We are such good. Like, boy, I'm sure all the Notre Dame fans in the audience are loving our Jimmy Stewart impression. Everybody else has no idea what we're talking about. The leader of the pack is someone with the name Cad Pie, and P I like the number Pie. Okay. So, and then number two is retired and happy. Congrats for that. Um, got someone in third place. That might named, be Wayne. Named Rolson. And then we got a, let's, let's pick out some, oh, Polar Shark's still there. That dude is on point every year. He's at number five. Any other fan, fans that I uh, recognize the names? There's, oh, I like number 17, Rick Flair. Yeah, Rick Flair won it uh, when I did really? on the sports blog. I have, you've seen me post the great picture of Tony Schiavone with, uh, with uh, Rick Flair, but with Mark Rick's face. I'll repost that. It's amazing. Put it on Twitter. I don't read I'll the blog. I'll put it on the Twitters. No, I don't really Sorry. post the blog anymore. <laughs> uh, UGA carries in 46th place right behind, right behind Tony. Yeah. And then I saw another name that I – oh, Bernie Dog, 76. So shout out to Bernie Dog. Let's see who's doing really horrible that actually does it every week that puts stuff in. We're doing that. By the way, UGA Carey is going to be at the Georgia, Georgia Tech basketball game. And she's like, I, I, I want to be on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be fun. She'd probably, yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that, when we do that, if we should do like a pregame show and then go to the game and then do like a post-game five-minute thing like we did with George. Yeah, Kong I think Kong. we should. Sure. 
I'm, I'm going to guess this is a buddy of mine, Coach Bray. I got a friend last, I think that might be him. So he's uh, pretty much in last, which would make sense if that was the guy I was thinking about. All right, so let's make our picks. Um, game number one, Illinois at Ohio State. Yeah, I don't want to look the at the spread. Game. Can you, do you know what the spread it's is? Like 38 and a half, isn't it? 39 and a half. Yeah. Is that the highest spread on a, I mean, yes. I'm asking this to Sarah. Um, yes. I mean, but in history. Oh, no. A Division One game. No, I mean, I'm sure there's, oh, no, no, there's no, no, been some no. in the 40s or 50s. But you ask if it's who is it? We'll get Chad on that. Is if that you right? ask if it's like two Power Five opponents, like maybe that's yeah. This is it's funny. This is a national television game. One of my favorite. The Illinois never gets national television except for the game where they play at Ohio State. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be very. Not only is Illinois not very good, everybody is hurt. This game is gonna be a disaster. Navy at Notre Dame. That's a really interesting game. Uh, That's ex- not the team you want to play right after no. a demoralizing loss. Yeah, here's the here's the thing about it, and this is this is probably the the hardest part about it for for our Notre Dame brethren is that you give up a lot of rushing yards to a Miami team that hadn't. I mean, they've been okay. That really wasn't their thing. It wasn't but, their thing, but they 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 did a lot of really interesting things on the ground. Um, having said that. This feels like a Notre Dame win, but it's hard to say. I'm still going to pick Notre Dame. But it's a win, take, no cover, though. I wouldn't take the points. Right. It's minus 17 and a half. That sounds right. I'll well, take that. I'll take Notre Dame, but be careful. Yeah. Uh, Michigan at Wisconsin. This is my upset pick of the week. Everybody's upset. This is my upset pick of the week. I think Michigan's going to win this game. You know, Harbaugh had that same record as Butch Jones for a while. This feels like... Michigan's been I mean they've been they're starting to play a little bit better. It's at but, Wisconsin. Yeah, and it's true. And Wisconsin looked good against Iowa. It's a it was, noon kickoff. There was a there was a worry about Wisconsin uh not having played anybody. They they handled Iowa pretty easily after Iowa just destroyed Ohio State, which helped Wisconsin a lot. I still feel like Michigan is, is starting to come around. Everyone's gonna be reminded, oh right, Harbaugh is a really good coach. This is because because Penn State and Ohio State and Wisconsin have all and even Iowa have all kind of like taken the spotlight from them. I think this is this this is my big upside pick. This is Michigan. I'm picking Michigan. Michigan's gonna look really close and then uh, Wisconsin's going to lay on them and put cheese down their throat and beat them. <laughs> I agree with you. I think Wisconsin's gonna win. Uh, Georgia Tech at Duke. Five and four Georgia Tech at four and six Duke. I, I mean, we, we. I would say we want if we are if we're going to have a night game. Tech has to win this game. Um, I probably I saw some people like, oh, we don't want a night game on the flats. God, it's going to be mostly. Georgia it's Tech just Duke. the cutest little stadium yeah. ever, guys. If we can't handle Georgia Tech at night there with their quote unquote crowd, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever. Do you, yeah. Uh, do you think if Georgia Tech wins, it's eight o'clock? If we win, Georgia Tech wins. I, I think some other things need to happen. Right, right. I mean, right now it's Apple Cup, Notre Dame, Stanford um, for the late game versus Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech, with um, the other potential being, um, I want to say West Virginia, Oklahoma. Uh, when you think about it, I mean, time zone wise, those would make more sense to be the late game. Well, no, see, in, in, in the way the way it works with ABC is that um, if it's going, if they pick Notre Dame and Stanford or or Washington, Washington State, that would be an eight o'clock ABC, which automatically moves us to the noon game. Um, what we really want is but those games aren't going to be the noon game. Is the point? The Apple Cup. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry, the eight o'clock game. Right. Um, what What we really want is. Um, 
Pac-12 not wanting their two premier games on at the same time. So that way it'll be ABC 3.30 for one of those games and then Fox for the late game, uh, the 8 o'clock game for one of those. Uh, and I think that that would pretty much assure us of being the 8, uh, the 8 o'clock game against Georgia Tech. So who are you picking? Um, I'm picking Tech. I'm also picking Tech. I'm going to pick Duke. Uh, Virginia at Miami. Virginia's not terrible. You know, this is, has a lot of letdown potential. If this game were in Charlottesville, I would really, really be tempted to pick Virginia. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to pick Miami, but. Whew. Turnover chain? Yeah. How many of those do you think you're going to see? By the way, have you seen Kansas State's turnover plank? Which is like, think of the face of Wilson drawn on a two by six. It's amazing. <laughs> it, I mean, it's very Kansas State. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Miami. I'm going to pick Rick as well. What's Miami's last game? Uh, uh, FSU. I'll tell you. No, wait no, a that's Florida. Arkansas State. Arkansas. Are you State. serious? Yes. Okay, it's a makeup. At, oh, hold on. It's a makeup game at Arkansas State. Because it's a makeup game. It's the makeup game. That's no, exactly it can't be. There's no way that's the makeup game. If it's, it's on. At it's State. on Thanksgiving Day. Are you sure that's right? It, it, I'm. I'm looking at the schedule right no, here. I think it's uh, the week after the Pittsburgh game. At. Arkansas. No, that's, State. AC, that's ACC championship weekend. It's they, the week after. The, it's no, the ninth. No. December 9th. December. That, that might be. That may be true. No, that they can't do that. That's no way. Yeah, because because December second. You're right. You're right. Here, here's their schedule. I got it right in front of me. I, I know, but I, this is this is crazy because if they play Clemson and win the AC championship and then have to go to wherever Arkansas State is the week after, that's crazy. We're all Red Wolves fans, right? Yeah. Oh, that's what crazy. would that think about the consequences? It could happen in that. Well, also, well, th- haven't they already selected? Are they going to have to wait? No, no they're not. Select? They will not wait. But what if they lose to Arkansas State after they've already could, selected? Someone's got to have the answer to this. That can't possibly be right. No, surely that's not okay. All right, Chad, check this out. Yeah, there's no way. There's there's no way. 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 It's canceled. Yeah, it's just canceled. canceled. It's canceled. Okay, well, it was, it was it originally was scheduled September 9th. It shows up here. Oh, okay, it shows up here on your front office pools is rescheduled for twelve nine. So, are you sure you, you're not? It's not military time. It's not military either. It's it's. We'll blame it on front office. That was a fun little. Uh, there thought, was a fun though. thought. That was that was that was. They fun. play at Pittsburgh the day after Thanksgiving, and they're yes. not. They're only going to play eleven games, kind of like Florida and yes. Georgia yes. Tech and Central yes. Florida. Though I think Florida, it's Florida State that rescheduled their game because they want to get six. Yes, games. they need six. Oh, okay. Years. Just sad. okay, well that makes. Sense. All right. Well, let's move on to Miami's winning. That's my pick. Yeah, Miami is going to win. A uh, and M at Mississippi. Well, <laughs> I'm going to pick Ole Miss here. Um, I have no reason to pick Ole Miss other than um, Kevin Sumlin is going somewhere after this game, either way, or after the season, either way. Um, I just, I think, I think they Mississippi wins. I'm taking A and M. I'm going to take Ole Miss. Mississippi State at Arkansas letdown? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Arkansas is Arkansas is so toast. They're ready to go home. It's over. I, I feel so bad. And and their and their quarterback just got yeah, they're benched for DUI or something Arkansas like hunting without license. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, I think I feel I like y'all know how much I love Burt. And I just feel terrible for him. I think the SEC is a less awesome place with him not in it, but 
This is the irony of Bert. Is it's the irony of Bert. He's falling apart because he's actually happy with his actual life. He has he a kid. He actually it changed happy. his life. He quit playing blackjack. And if we've learned anything about what it's like to be a coach in the SEC, if you actually start to enjoy your life outside of coaching, yeah. everybody flies yeah. past you. Rob Ford died. Is, is cocaine hookup died? I mean, he's gone. I don't know. Lots of things happened. Is there a... Putatively, <laughs> uh, something. Right. All right. Um, Missouri, now they're five and five at Vanderbilt, who is four and six and desperately needs a win. Yeah. Vanderbilt, I'm liking Missouri. Missouri has had a nice little bounce back. It's funny, we talked earlier this year about how Odin was toast and they were done with him. And now they've kind of had a nice little turnaround. Uh, actually, you can make an argument started with the Georgia game. It did start. And uh, I, think, I think they win this game. 68, 52, 45, and 50 are the scores that they've put up in their last four games. Oh, I'm picking Missouri. Yeah, yeah so am I. Show me. LSU at Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, who's coaching Tennessee? Who's the interim? Uh, it's Brady Hoke. One Brady Hoke. Oh, my God. Noted Michigan man. <laughs> Michigan man, Brady. Uh, this, this game has a lot of potential to be just one of those crazy. Look, Ed Orgeron knows exactly what can happen when you get an a inspired interim coach, a guy that really wants the job badly. He's not getting it. But I'm still picking LSU just because it's a safe pick, but that game has a lot of potential for nuttiness. Yeah, that's definitely a schadenfreude game for, yes. uh, for a lot of people. I'll take LSU. I will, too. All right, Kentucky at Georgia. I didn't know if we were going to do the Alabama game or not. It's Alabama, not on here. No, right. I, didn't, I, didn't put, I, didn't, I put, didn't put any of the cupcakes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, mean, yeah. I mean, we're going to pick, right. pick Mercer to cover. So you can go to that game, but you just can't go to a mall. If you're uh, <laughs> Alabama related, I think it's safe to say he raise your hand if you can go to that mall in Alabama. Gats Everybody here can raise Gats their hand. Mall. Everybody here can raise Gats their hand. Mall. There are other people that can't raise their hand. If you are literally allowed to go to that mall today, we could all raise our hands. This is not a political conversation for crying out loud. That's a freaking child molester. I have no idea what you're talking about. Roy Moore, the Alabama senator, not senator. Sorry, soon to be Alabama senator. Yeah, Yo, you really the missed former, this whole thing? The former chief justice yeah. of the Alabama Supreme Court. Wait, so the dude... Okay, very briefly. The dude that is the Republican nominee for Senate in Alabama, the Washington Post found a story that he used to date 14-year-olds when he was in his 30s. He's literally... How old is he now? 70. Yes, but he was the DA. Yeah. He's literally a pederast. Yeah. 14 year Pederast. Like, oh, they, like they found... Like, literally... He's like Hanrahan. Banned, Hanrahan's they, a pederast. They banned him from the mall. <laughs> from the mall from the mall because he really? would go pick up girls so that's what the whole mall jo- I'm yeah. just sitting here yeah. going like did a player get in trouble oh, going man. to the mall Gosh. or something like that sometimes I, I, I just I wish I, your life you, that seems so much happier <laughs> that you don't know about this stuff I don't watch Honestly, I don't watch Fox News my or life, CNN my or life MSNBC would be so much happier <laughs> oh god that sounds I great. wouldn't vote for him either sounds like a creep did you hear about the, the, all the people throwing the Kerrig beating up their Kerrigs you ever heard about that Kerrig the Kerrig yeah. the coffee maker What's yeah it? Oh, Keurig. Yeah, Keurig. whatever. I don't, I don't drink coffee. Yeah. But um, the Keurig, yeah. People, I don't drink coffee. I, I, I don't, yeah, this all kinds no, of No, I didn't. Okay, what, what are they doing at Keurig? <laughs> Do I need to Google that? Or? It's funny because yeah. very, very briefly, very briefly. Another brief story. This is funny. Is uh, um, Sean Hannity on his show uh, was defending Roy Moore. And so Keurig decided we don't really want to be a part of advertising a show where they, the guy is supporting a pederast. 
So uh, so Keurig pulls their ads. So there are all these hardcore <laughs> Hannity fans who put up video of, of themselves over the weekend saying, I'll never use a Keurig again, and like bashing their Keurig with a baseball bat. Which is hilarious on like eight different ways, assuming that like, you know, Keurig already has your money. Those are expensive. I know, they already have your money. And Why wouldn't you sell it and then say, <laughs> stick it to them that way instead I mean, of destroying your own property? You, just to take a step back, imagine 10 years ago thinking, okay, so there's going to be a thing where people, to, as a political statement, are going to smash their coffee makers with a baseball bat. Like, good lord. We are all, it's like it's, it's objectively, whatever, the, beside the reason, just watching someone beat up a coffee maker is funny. I mean, Mercer <laughs> is a relatively young football team. Yes. See, yeah, exactly. Thought, yeah, yeah. I thought all of this Roy had Moore to do. should be a big fan of Mercer. They are young. I thought all of this had to do with some what, what was the onion player? line? But they're also <laughs> bears, so. Yeah. Yeah. What was the onion line? Because uh, uh, he refuses to get out of the race. Like, that's the thing, you know. So, See, uh, if I would have known this was coming, I would have cut you off five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, well, then I'll, I'll, I'll end it with, with, the, with the onion line of uh, uh, Roy Moore. That's the onion. The onion said it. The onion said it. I might. I might have to cut that. That's a bridge too far. I was was thinking. You know, I was thinking. I was like, you know, it's late. It's Tuesday night. I'm not. I'm just not even going to edit this. I'm just going to let it run. You can cut that. I'm going to have to. So I can drop some. I'm going to have to mark the tape on that one. Yeah. Okay. See, onion. Like, I did not my joke. I think it's repulsive that they would make a joke about that. All right. Okay. Um. We. I don't know how to segue at all. <laughs> Kentucky, Georgia. Moving on. Yeah, moving we, on we never pick Kentucky, yeah. Georgia. Dang Cats and dogs. All right, what's your score prediction? <laughs> so, 14. <laughs> okay, that's, this is not going to be, it's okay, not going to make it to the air. Now. We're just wasting time. <laughs> the bad part about you, you actually took the joke on spot to make it. Okay, so, uh, so, okay. Start, start over. Okay. Starting over. Starting start over. over. Starting three, two, one. Okay, so let's make the picks, Tony. Um, so Kentucky and Georgia. The, uh, the the thing about this game is is I pre- I'm, I'm clearly predicting a get right game, which means I think Bulls are going to score somewhere in the 30s, high 30s. Um, uh, give me 38, 14. Okay. This feels like I want this to be a get right game, and it's going to be an easy win, but it's not going to be the stomping. We're back. Nothing to worry about game that I exactly want it to be. I'm saying 31-17 sounds about right to me. I think this is going to look eerily similar to Missouri. I'm not saying that Kentucky's going to air it out like Drew Locke did, but uh, you know the spread's 24 points. I think maybe like a win, not cover for Georgia, 41-20. to 20. That sounds about right. Yeah, I can live with that. All right, so now this is where you can stop listening. Or you can listen to us praise ourselves and answer questions. And every, basically, I'm meaning that we're going to read some uh, podcast reviews. But thank you for your download. Yes. Thank and, remi- you. and reminded that if you would like to hear your own name in this section. Exactly. It might, come up. it might come up. And the first person that I'm going to mention is someone who actually left a comment on SoundCloud. I didn't know you could wow. do that. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Can. He left a comment on our uh, Auburn preview show. Did he do it like a specific time? Yes. 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 And he said, uh, it's Reggie Pope. He said, this is a great podcast, guys. Good mix of analysis and entertainment. So I'd like to thank him for what that. And he's a frequent uh, tweeter also. He tweets yeah. at our show. One of my top five popes. Are you, that, is that a Catholic joke? Sure. Um, but now, the problem is, is he just holds on to the off, holds on to that name forever. <laughs> it's crazy. 
Y'all need to fill time while I pull up the podcast reviews. Well, they get the silver spoon out. Pope's ranked. <laughs> I love the current Pope. Everybody loves the current yeah. Pope. Everybody loves the current Pope. I like Frankie. Yeah, everybody loves the current Pope. I like Icon. We're, we're tight. Like I like that. a Pope that's a soccer fan. That's one of my favorite things about him. He's oh, well, he's Argentine. So. Yeah, Argentine. <clears throat> there they call it soccer. That's what they call it in Argentina. They call it football. No, they call it soccer. Do they really in Argentina? No, I'm just completely making it up. I'm just trying to fill time while Scott picks this up. All right. So we've got one, two, three, four new podcast reviews since our last meeting of last week. So here comes the first one. It is from Bacchanalia or something. Bacchanalia. Yeah, Bacchanalia or something. Something like that. Five-star review. A must listen during this, and it cuts it off, I don't know, so I'm going to say he said month. Uh, it still feels a little surreal, having read Will Leach since the beginning of Deadspin, to find that he did the reverse commute of my life. Wait a minute, you did Deadspin? A long time ago. Huh. Leaving New York as I was still closing bars down at 4 a.m. to move to Athens and become a big fan of my alma mater. <clears throat> but it sure makes for an exciting podcast. Following Tony on Twitter often feels like watching a more plugged-in version of my fandoms. Georgia, U.S. men's soccer, and, well, I don't know much about Scott, but he seems like a nice guy, if not a bit much into the paleo stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't really eat paleo. I was eating uh, uh, chocolate Cheerios before he came down here. But anyway, that, that's cool. I that went to CrossFit Journal, y'all. I, I, yeah, I know. I, had to, uh, I have to do extra burpees tomorrow. Um, this is a great podcast from three guys who really love Georgia football, and it's fun to enjoy it from all of their varied perspectives. Although they seem to drink their bourbon on ice, at least I assume that's what the clinking is, they're otherwise just about perfect dog fans, and it's been a joy to listen to them take stock of the aspects of being a fan that don't really include caring if we're running trips too often or offering 12-year-old kids scholarships, but more about how to take in being a fan during the most magical season I think I've seen in my 20 years as a fan. Question for you guys. Jake Fromm has been a solid quarterback and has given Kirby no reason to make a change that much I, that much I agree with. But I've seen many of his errant decisions explained away as freshman mistakes and then glossed over, especially in the South Carolina game where the DBs were jumping to sideline routes late in the game. I can't help but feeling the narrative from Jake Fromm showed he can pass going 16 of 22 would have been Jacob Eason should have been picked off twice despite going 16 for 22 and getting the win. Had the now backup been in there. Wow, I'm not reading the punctuation, but anyway, you get my drift. I am with Will on the Eason bandwagon, even though I recognize the realities of the situation, but what do you guys think this is? Is it like Will said that Eason isn't a local kid or something else? Maybe it's just being a relatively new father that I can't help but thinking of Eason as all of these amazing physical skills, but also just a kid not deserving of the lots he seemed to have drawn. Anyway, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'll hang up and listen now. I mean, I, I think it's just a matter of Fromm came in. They, I mean, you can't expect a, an injury five minutes into the season. And Fromm came in, led him to a win, led him to a huge win on the road, and at at which point the coaches and I think rightly made the decision that we can't we can't screw with the chemistry we just can't and you it sucks for Eason I think he's a he seems like a great kid he seems like he has done all the things the coaches ask him to do this year and while all those things are true it is also true that Jacob Fromm 
Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm has done exactly what the coaches asked him to do, and he got us to nine and nine and one. And, and I believe nine and zero when this review was written. nine and zero when yeah. this review was written, right? So you just can't screw with that that chemistry. Yeah, I may as I've said, I've been an Easton supporter all year, and I do think that that uh, there still may be a game where we wish we had Easton's <clears throat> arm late, but the dice cast like Fromm's a quarterback. When, when Eason stopped getting those late, yeah, was the, it Tennessee or Missouri? I think Vanderbilt. Think yeah. about it, yeah. They yeah. didn't think about it. And when that yeah. happened, I think it was clear. And I think Eason knew it too. Yeah. And uh, and frankly, I think that barring a from injury where Eason has to come back and do it again, I mean, I, I think the rumors that Eason are gone after, is after the year are very reasonable. And mm-hmm. I, if I were Eason, that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. I would consider going to Miami, to be honest. And yep. uh, that would be interesting. All right. Good review. Thank you so much. Uh, this one is a five-star review. Easily my favorite dog podcast from Hey Berto. Hey Berto! He, he comments a lot on Twitter. He was the one that just commented about a little, the neighbor from... That's right. He did. Um, these three guys are, quote-unquote, our people. They represent many aspects of our fan base. Scott is the relatively young fan. I appreciate that. Yet he gets caught up in uniform talk, and I suppose there are those that care... So it's fine. He probably likes listening to Luke Bryan and is too young to remember much about UGA of the legendary 80s, but re- reveres it because it's a birthright. You know, I, I don't say that's too much off. I mean, I, I do know who Luke Bryan is. Tony claims he doesn't. Um, so anyway, Will is the Yankee convert. We think it's cute, even though he tries to make comparisons to things we don't understand or care much about. Always trying to interject politics, even though no one wants to hear it. So he gets routinely shut down. But I do not get shut down. I see. <laughs> I do not get shut down. And listen, if you want to live in this American nightmare, please be my guest. I'll let you keep going. But he loves us, so we love him. Okay, fine. There we go. And Tony, well, he is all of us. He was raised in South Georgia, baptized with bourbon, and his parents never let him wear orange. That tells you everything you need to know. We're lucky to have these guys. Having said all that, here, here is the reason this podcast is great. And it's simple. If you've ever been to a game, you will be driven to a Pavlonian euphoria as soon as you hear Tony's slightly slurred but excited speech late in the podcast over the unmistakable sound of ice clinking against glass he sips. You'll be transported in your mind to a warm fall day, enjoying your beverage and slurring your own speech as you're talking with friends you only see at home games. Or to the moment before you struggle to break down the tailgate in a stupor to go into the greatest sports venue in the world to watch the greatest game in the world, win or lose. Or it's the sound of the crowd and the Redcoats when you first sit down in the stadium before the bourbon buzz wears off. It's just the sound of Georgia football in that glass. It's everything. You may not hear another word they're saying as your mind wanders, but it's like being home. Cheers, guys, and thank you. Man, we get the best reviews. Right. Honestly, like I, I, you know, I do two other podcasts, mm-hmm. and I occasionally get reviews of them. And I feel like you know they're as verbose as this one, but the reviews are usually good show, don't like audio, or like they're like seven or eight words, and we get these these wonderful little prose stylings. I'm I'm very honored and touched by them because I, you know, I will say though, I do like the effect that the the ones, and I think there was one last week too. It shows that the podcast speaks to the emotional side of fandom yeah. and the nostalgic side of fandom, which is, frankly, the only kind of fandom I care about. Ditto. Word. Thanks, Hey Berto. Dilly dilly. 
All right, another one, five-star review, Shadow Dog 007 best college football podcast ever, exclamation mark. The title says it all. These guys are too... Oh, here we go. I got it. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I read this to my wife, and she chuckled. The title says it all. These guys are to Georgia football podcasts is what Bob Ross is to painting. Wow. I mean, you could just end it right there. I mean, I mean, two of the three of us have awesome beards. I'm barely a mammal. I'm working on it. I'm never going to be able to grow one. I'm like a dolphin. <laughs> barely a mammal. Like a dolphin. <laughs> Always entertaining and making me laugh. Tony's beaver jokes about Oregon State had me rolling. Will, your indoctrination is complete and glad to have you. Scott, great meeting you before the Samford game, and I hope to be able to see you guys when I'm in Athens next time. By the way, answer my tweets for once, Scott. Sorry, man. I, I, I need to get better at that. I do remember meeting you, and I met you and your dad, and they were very gracious, and I spent about five minutes talking with them, maybe ten. Um, but it was it really was uh, uh, striking to me because my wife was there and a couple of her friends, and they're like, what just happened? I was like, that was a podcast fan. That was awesome, wasn't it? So, um, so thanks for stopping by. Um, where am I? Um, when teams are allowed to hire the extra coach, who would you like to see hired or what position? Keep up the amazing work and go dogs. That's a good question. Um, a couple of years ago, it would have been special teams. Yeah, I, I, I feel like... I think you may be an extra strength and conditioning coach in case yours gets beat up like the Tennessee State oh, strength wow. and conditioning coach. That was not a good one. I think we have five. They do that Thursday uh, video. Did you see that video? Dude. No, I didn't. Oh, Tennessee yeah. State... I mean, he put, he put his strength and conditioning coach on the dart. Yeah, like, like he him out. beat the crap out of him. And the amazing thing was that the rest of the staff, the rest of the team was just kind of watching it, like didn't like, seem to, nobody yeah, stopped the him. Everybody's putting their phone up to record That's it. That's right. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure who you hire. On, uh, although I have some names in mind, Tyson, Tyson Summers, Jim McElwain, um, coming to mind immediately, uh, quarterback's coach. We don't have a dedicated quarterbacks coach right now, um, and that is I mean, that. There's no indictment on from, there's no indictment on Easton or whatever. It's just when you think about the position coaches we have now. Um, I mean, look what Butler's done for Blankenship. Yeah, but you know, it also depends on, frankly, who we lose between now and January 10th. It's hard to think that we we won. We have what one Broyles finalist uh, with Mel Tucker and. You know, Del McGee is going to start getting looks too. Wouldn't be surprised if I mean, wouldn't be su- surprised if, if if Pittman gets some looks too. So, yeah. you have an answer for that, Will? The street and conditioning coach. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Final review is from Rory D. It's always a name that I have a hard time saying. Rory. 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 You didn't watch Gomo Girls? No. I guess I need to really watch more things. I keep missing all these innuendos, y'all. Are, uh, I missed the whole um, Arrested Development thing oh, yeah, the I, other day. That's, I just, that's a good show. I don't watch enough TV. Oh, Netflix is um, top two UGA podcast five star review. True Dogs Scott and Tony do a great job of indoctrinating bandwagon fan Will Lee. Bandwagon. <laughs> wow. Okay. I am new. This is a five star review. I am no you bandwagon mean. fan. Wow, I, that that is oh, for crying. Some of us have to sit behind beside him. Y'all be cool. I watched a Georgia USC Upstate game today to the end with a three year old. I am not a bandwagon fan. This is true. No, that is true. Can't argue. Great mix of stats, informed discussion, and uniform talk. Yes, 
No. My question, if UGA is down four with the ball and three minutes to go in an important late-season game, how would you feel if Kirby puts Eason in for the final drive? Only uh, if Fromm's hurt? Three month, three weeks, four weeks ago, I might have been okay with it. And again, I'm an Eason guy. I, I think it would be a mistake right now. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So thanks for those reviews. We uh, keep, keep them coming. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get to the tweets, but I just forgot to scrub through a week ago to see the questions that were sent to us. Um, uh, I think I just found one. Um, someone tweeted a couple of days ago, we weren't hiding our offense all season. We're just a one-dimensional offense with a true freshman quarterback shut down the run and there's no plan B. O-line became the liability. Many thought it would be prior to the season. Yeah, that's what I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So, Okay. Yeah, yeah so um, that's it for the reviews and that's probably it for this uh, podcasting after dark. Uh, we are here really late on a Tuesday evening. Yeah, we're starting. We're dragging. We're we are dragging. dragging. Are we? I'm dragging. Will's yeah, dragging. I'm dragging. Well, it's because you had a big night last night. I did have a big night last night. Yeah. I, I can't drink on Mondays. I did not have a big night last night. If I'm not with you guys. I can drink with you Mondays with you guys because I'm talking. I can, but I was... I just can't. Yeah, speaking it. of last Tuesday, I stayed up to 3.30 in the morning working on my basement. So. Yeah, I am too old for that anymore. Yeah. 44, so, y'all. 44. Or something. Or something. As long as there are no follow-up questions. <laughs> well, there are no follow-up questions. <laughs> All right, so uh, th- last home game of the year. Tony's going to be tailgating. Yep. Early. Show up early, show up often. Mm-hmm. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. As you can tell with the reading and discussion of our podcast reviews, the three of us take great pride in our show and are even more humbled with the kind words y'all sent to us. So thanks again for all of those who make this show as interactive as you do. And if you haven't left us a review and would like for us to hear from you, You can do so by subscribing, rating, and reviewing our show via iTunes. Also, something that we only discovered this week, thanks to Reggie, is that you can comment at certain sections of our podcast via SoundCloud. So we'll start checking those and mixing them into our conversation at the end of our shows. Social media is a big part of our show. And, well, you can hit us up on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Same handle is in effect for Instagram and Facebook as well if you want to check us out on those platforms. Good luck to our seniors versus Kentucky, and hopefully they'll go out on top in a big way against the Cats. So have yourselves a great rest of your week. We'll see you on campus this Saturday at 3.30 for a CBS kickoff at Sanford. And go dogs. Go dogs.